fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. What a day it has been. It is a pre-Friday celebration, your favorite one of the entire week. Welcome into the show. It is the Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, right here all across the country on radio and TV, plus our live streaming and podcasting as well. Your Millennial General reporting for duty. Thanks for joining us today, and what a show we have lined up for you today. It's going to be a big one. I am dragging today, though. I don't know. I think it's the overcast weather. It's been a productive day. It's been a nice day. It's just you just have a little, uh, got to get that little, uh, and it's hard sometimes. So, hey, welcome into the program. You can find us all over our social media at Hoosier Reason on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, uh, Twitch.tv is the latest one. You can find us kind of like a TV station on that one. Kind of cool. Also on the website at HoosierReason.com. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Paul Preston. We've had him on the show many times before. He is the head of the Movement for a New California. Could it really happen? Kind of an interesting discussion. So we'll have him back on, but I'm going to focus today on the program with him on, yes, we're going to cover it, Caitlyn Jenner. Will she and could she potentially be the governor of the state of California? <laughs> oh, boy. So we'll get into that here in just a little bit and have some fun with that one. Of course, we do have Joe Biden that's still doing his thing. Joe, how you, how you feeling, buddy? You doing good? Doing good. Still president so far. That's kind of a shocker to me, honestly. I want to be clear. I'm not going nuts. All right, just making sure. I know we got Kamala Harris. It's in the realm there in the background in the shadows. Just watching everything that you do, making sure that you don't trip down them stairs. Then oopsies. So we'll keep an eye on you, buddy. Got a question for you. Let's go back to a nostalgic moment for just a second, shall we? And maybe you're going through this right now. I know we have a lot of younger listeners on this program as well. But I want to bring you back to a nostalgic moment for just a second. You remember the last, the, the very first car that you bought? All the way back when in high school. Remember the very first vehicle, or some people, I guess, for high school, but the very first vehicle that you bought. Let's just say it was in high school. Mine, it was beautiful. I still miss my very first car, and I drove it for a really long time. I bought it with 180,000 miles on this car. It was a 1996 Pontiac Grand Am, little two-door. It was green. It had the little spoiler thing in the back. It was awesome. I love that car. I bought it my junior year of high school, junior, senior year. I drove it most of my senior year. Little two-door. Had awesome gas mileage, 20 bucks, boom, filled up my gas tank. It got, it, it was good. It was great. I drove that car. I bought it with 180,000 miles on it, and I finally had to let it go, and it made me cry a little bit. What was it? Let's see. Uh, I graduated in 2007. Uh, it lasted me till at least 2011. So it was at least four or five years. And it had 390,000 miles. It almost hit 4,000 miles on this vehicle. Absolutely loved it. Now, the reason I loved it was because I worked for it. I was working at a feed store in high school. I got to do the 50-pound bags of uh, dog feed and horse feed and cattle feed. And I was working there, and I was saving up money, and I got to pay for my car. And I believe my parents put in a half uh, half of it with me. They'd match whatever I ended up raising. And we ended up getting it for like, I don't know, $1,800 or something. It was cheap, less than two grand or two grand, whatever it was. And I bought this car and I was so proud. I had worked hard for it. I bought this car 
and I wanted to take the best of care of it. And I did, obviously, because it lasted me till 400,000 miles. And it would have lasted longer if I didn't move to Kansas. At that time, I was up in the Garden City area in western Kansas. And if I wasn't driving on a back dirt road and I hit a pothole and there was apparently a, a bolt or something that had gone missing a while ago, and my, my axle snapped in half and my front wheel literally fell off on the side of the road. If it wasn't for that, I probably would have still had that car because I loved it. It was great. It was part of me because I worked hard for it. I got to purchase this vehicle, and it was the best thing that that happened. I drove all the way to Ohio for college. I drove all the way back to Colorado after college. I drove all the way to Kansas when I first started in radio way back when. It was all over with me. Just a little bitty two-door. I even had, and it was a fun story back then when I first got into radio as well, it even lasted through when I moved back to Colorado after college when a bear broke into my car because I was working and I was going to take trash to work the next day and I had a bag of trash in the trunk of my car and overnight, because living in the mountains at 10,000 feet, not a good idea to do, and a bear shattered the front side driver's side window, crawled into my driver's seat, ripped out the back seat to get into the trunk to get to the trash. So my entire backseat was completely manhandled. It stunk like a bear forever. It had bear droppings all over the place. The backseat was completely unusable, and I didn't have a windshield for the longest time. Yes, that was my first car, and I loved it. At the same time, I had about 50 bumper stickers all over the back of it. They were all political, by the way, so everybody in college absolutely hated me. And the couple of times that I drove up to Boulder, Colorado, everybody hated me because they were conservative Republican bumper stickers. The reason I bring this up, is because when you work hard to get something, you cherish it. You want to take care of it because you want it to last. You know the hard work that got put into it to invest in it. If you start your own business, you feel the exact same way. You worked hard for that. You built it from the ground up. We're building the Hoosier Media Network and the Hoosier Media Network Studios. I'm literally building the studio from the ground up. I am hanging the drywall. I am taping it. I am mudding it. I am painting it. I'm doing it all myself. I am not hiring somebody. I am putting in a door. I've never done that before by myself, especially by myself. I've helped as a kid, you know, helped adults once in a while do that when my parents had done construction stuff. I had never done it by myself. I'm doing it myself because you put pride into it and therefore you want to cherish it. You want to take care of it and you want to make sure that it's actually successful. Farmers, ranchers, or just people all over the country that have massive amounts of land, you know what I'm talking about. When you have that much land, you want to preserve it and you want to take care of it. Now, let's say, let's go back to the high school car uh, story for just a second. What if I took care of it? I bought it. I'm taking care of it. I'm changing the oil. I'm maintaining it. I'm rotating the tires. I'm doing my thing. All of a sudden, my parents go up and say, yeah, you know what? We're going to take the ownership of this car, and we're going to tell you when you're allowed to use it. We're going to tell you what you're allowed to use it for, when you're allowed to go somewhere. We're going to take ownership, and we're only going to give it to you as a permission when we deem it necessary because we feel we can take better care of that car. As a high schooler, what would you do? How would you respond to that? You wouldn't be very happy, would you? You would kind of go on the rebellious page of, watch this. And then you steal it in the middle of the night and go drive off to a party and do your thing. But when you really work, now, for those that just got it handed to them, hopefully you take care of your thing as well. And a lot of a lot of kids actually got, you know, cars that were handed to them by their parents. And that's totally cool, not demeaning that in any way, shape, or form. And hopefully you still took care of it. But there's a little less of that connection there because you don't quite appreciate it nearly as much is when you actually work for it. There's a study out right now, or there's a, there's a, not a study, there's a piece of legislation that the federal government's working on wanting to consume more federal land for the purpose of environmentalism. 
They want eminent domain. They want to consume more federal land, and they want to do it, by the way, from farming and ranching communities all over the country because they feel that the farms and ranches, you know, where cattle are and where animals are and where you actually farm them and put dust into the air that apparently causes global warming or something, uh, when you do those things and you're not properly taking care of your land and that they want to help do it to fight climate change and environmentalism. Here's the story from 247wallstreet.com. The federal government owns more than 27% of uh, the land in the United States, which is extremely high, and I was not aware of that. Now let's go back a little bit. Andy, what's eminent domain? Eminent domains means that they can purchase forcefully purchase the land out from under you, and now that's federal land owned by the federal government. It really started back during Teddy Roosevelt when he was a conservationist and wanted national parks to preserve the land, and therefore he could go hunting and could go camping and go hiking and do your things which is great and cool, but uh, it was a nice premise to it as Teddy Roosevelt was kind of sort of a Republican, not FDR. We're not talking about FDR. We're talking about Teddy Roosevelt before FDR, mostly a Republican for the most part, wanted to conserve land. Good idea. But what he ended up doing was having the federal government be allowed to take over ownership of land, which is a very dangerous precedent to set moving forward because, again, you give the federal government two inches, they take two and a half miles. So now we're looking at all the way down the road, all these years later after Teddy Roosevelt, the federal government now owns 27% of all the land in the United States. The federal government, not you, the federal government owns that land. And they want it to be a 30 by 30 plan that Joe Biden has come out with, which is a stupid thing to do because you already own 27%. They want to own 30% of the federal land, uh, uh, 30% of all land in the United States by the year 2030. And the reason they want to do it is they want to confiscate it from farmers Even you, if you're a small farmer, small business, or just a landowner, you know, up in Montana somewhere where you just own massive amounts of land because you're a celebrity and you own that and you really like it, or you're a farmer in Iowa that owns massive amounts of acreage to put cattle on, they want to take that from you, forcefully buy it out from under you, and then preserve it so that way you can't use that land for cattle because cattle harm the environment, and we want to try and save the environment. This is something no one else is talking about right now, but to me it's very concerning because land... Uh, If you own it, you should not have it taken out from underneath you. And to me, that's a concerning precedent to set. Government land ownership recently tracked in a Congressional Research Service report titled, quote, Federal Land Ownership Overview and Data explained a few federal government agencies control almost all the land. The Bureau of Land Management, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, the National Park Service in the Department of Interior, and the Forest Service in the Department of Agriculture. The government owns 79.6% of Nevada's near 70.5 million acres of land. And it goes down the list on state by state on how much percentage of the land that the federal government actually owns. But now Joe Biden's new initiative that's included, by the way, with this infrastructure package that they're trying to tie in here and try and push with this environmentalism is they want a 30 by 30 plan. But by the year 2030, to own 30% of all the land in the United States. No one's talking about this. Why are we not talking about this? Or is it not that big of a deal? You know what, federal government, go ahead and take it. Now, I know some people benefit from this. I really do. Uh, as a child, we grew up on a large, about 80 acres of land in Ohio, and my parents would get a check from the federal government because the fields and the woods behind us were federal property, and they would pay in order for us to upkeep it, to like mow it once a year out in the fields and just kind of upkeep it and not farm it, to not do anything with it. They would pay, which is kind of stupid the more I look at it, but that's what they did. 
and we got money from it. Okay, so fine. I don't know how much it was. I was a kid. I didn't really care. But is that what's going to happen to farmers? Imagine we have the lifeline, by the way, of our food here in the nation because we actually don't need to import a whole lot of food because we do so much production here in the United States and the Mid-America region with here where I am in Kansas and Oklahoma and Texas and all the way up, all the way to the Dakotas, all the way east to Ohio, really, and even further beyond that. I mean, there's a massive amount of land where farmers use that to farm. Imagine if the federal government ends up knocking on your door and says, hey, you're not allowed to farm this anymore. We're going to own it. We're going to pay you for this. And all you got to do is upkeep it, but you're not allowed to use it for farming land any longer. You're not allowed to plant crops in it because it's hurting the soil and it's really bad for the environment somehow because you're driving your truck down it or your tractor through it and the dust is going up into the air. And yes, that's a real thing, by the way. If you remember, it was probably about five, six years ago. The Environmental Protection Agency had actually tried to implement, it was actually during the Barack Obama era, they were trying to implement some dust rules through the APA to where if you were a farmer or if you had a truck and you drive down a dirt road, wherever you may be, you would have to have some sort of like sprayer behind you to not kick dust up into the air because they were trying to say that the dust was inclusive with the climate change that was adding into the atmosphere that was blocking out the rays of the sun and that was causing climate change. and It was stupid, but they really went for that. This is where we're at now. Are you okay with this? Are you okay with the government taking more federal land just so you can get a paycheck from it? Or is this eminent domain getting a little bit sketchy? I mean, we're already seeing so many other things that are sketchy in the nation. It's just something else to put on top of it. It's saying, wait a second, they're doing what? And if they own it, what can we actually do about it later on? The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic.
You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. 24 minutes past the hour. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a pre-Friday celebration. Can you believe the week's almost over? goes by way too fast. Way too fast. Welcome in. You can find us on radio and TV all over the nation, plus the live streaming and podcasting all over the world as we're killing it with the podcast downloads. Make sure to find us on any of your favorite podcasting sites on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Play, TuneIn, doesn't matter. You can find us there, plus the website at HoosierReason.com, which we do have the link to all of our social media. We have the link to our podcast. We have live streams that go on there. We have our monthly blog. We have everything else, so you can go there to HoosierReason.com. What's concerning to me about that as we kind of wrap up the eminent domain is that no one talks about this or is a concern. I saw some uh, posts on some of the social media as well about private individuals. Bill Gates, someone like that, owning massive amounts of land as well. That's a concern, too. Now, I mean, obviously, if they have the money, they can do that. But what are they doing with it is the concern. I guess you can do whatever the heck you want to with your own property. I mean, I'm not going to stand here and tell you not to or not to do anything. But I am saying that the government can't just come in and be like, you know, you're not allowed to do this anymore. We're going to take it away. We're going to pay you for it, but we're just going to take that away from you. It was a discussion down at the, it was funny, the one time, the one time the Democrats actually care about private property and eminent domain is when Donald Trump was in office and they were at the southern border and and they were like, well, wait a second, not all the farmers that have land that butts right up against the Rio Grande actually want to sell your land to the border or to the build the wall. And that was not true because really any of the farmers and ranchers down there actually wanted to sell and actually want to build the private wall on their property because they were tired of people coming over across their border into their own property. So that wasn't quite true, but it's ironic that that's when they're actually concerned about eminent domain and confiscation of private land because the Democrats overall don't not like private property. And yes, I know that's a generalization of the Democrat philosophy, but the uh, let's redefine it as the more progressive mindset, the more socialists that are within the party that are pretty much running the party now. They don't like private property. There's literally a city council member in the city of Denver right now that said there should be no private property. No one's land is theirs. It should be the city's, and we can do what we want to with it because we are the city. We are the government. We'll tell you what to do because there shouldn't be any type of private property. That's the mindset we're kind of in right now. Just kind of throwing that out there. Uh, Bernie Sanders with his three vacation homes kind of says the same thing, which I find ironic as well. So why aren't we talking about this? At the same time, with the confiscation of land, of farming and ranching land across the nation from the federal government for this 30 by 30 plan, because they want 30% of the land by 2030 to be owned by the federal government, which is, again, dumb because they already own 27%, but we should be concerned. Hey, they own 27% of the land. Is that a little concerning to me? Yeah, it is. But if they are, at the same time, this infrastructure plan that they're pushing right now from the U.S. Department of Agriculture and the new head of the Department of Agriculture, which was the same Department of Agriculture head back during the Barack Obama era that they brought back now for the Biden era, is talking about reparations for black farmers and ranchers to give them money, Um, which, of course, is their whole reparations plan, which they're doing in a grander scale. We'll talk about a little bit later. But they're wanting to do reparations for black farmers because apparently black farmers have been discriminated against throughout the years for farming. Okay, fine. I think that's dumb in today's times, but okay, fine if you're going to do that. But are you going to give them cash and then turn around and try and take the land out from under them? Because as you realize, while the progressives, not the Democrat Party as a whole, although kind of, but the progressive mindset is really to look like they're woke about racial issues, but at the same time, they're the ones that are canceling black celebrity figures. They're the ones that are canceling the uh, um, uh, Uncle what, Uncle Ben 
or what was it the uh, the different foods and you know the syrups and all the other stuff uh, Aunt Jemima they're the ones canceling all those that are black figures in American history and they're the ones canceling those guys so the cancel culture that's happening on the left is really with a racial bias to it but then they want reparations at the same time so the black farmers that you're trying to give reparations to, are you then going to try and take their land away while saying that there's reparations and you're trying to um, counter what was done to them in the past? I'm confused because my brain hurts because you know that they're going to go after the small farms and large farms together, but really the small farms because the small mom and pops really can't survive if you go after them like that and offer them a big chunk of change. But are you going to go after the black farmers and ranchers of the nation and take their lands away as well while offering them reparations? The things that make you go, hmm. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Halfway down the road already, the marathon continues here on The Voice of Reason. Thanks for hanging out with us today like you do every single day, trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5-pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. Thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate it very, very much all over social media, on the website at Who's Your Reason, plus our radio and TV affiliates everywhere. We thank you so, so much. A lot more to get to. Kind of an interesting discussion with the eminent domain. We'll get back to that here in just a little bit. I am curious. I still have that story up, though. Let me see if I can find it real quickly. California, 45% of the entire state, almost 46% of the entire state owned by the federal government. As we talk about eminent domain and Joe Biden's push for 30 by 30, the 30% of the country's land owned by the federal government by 2030, which they already own 27%, but it's all for environmental purposes. So by golly, let's just go ahead and give it to them because they know how to handle that land and preserve that land way better than you and I who privately own that or if the state owns it or whatever. I'm excited to have on the guest here, uh, a popular guest as we like to have him on the program when we can. Gets great response from all of our listeners is there's a lot of news coming out of the state of California, but he is the founder and president of the Movement for a New California State. He's also host of the Red State Talk Radio's Agenda 21 Radio. It's Mr. Paul Preston back with us here. Paul, how are you, my friend? I'm doing really good. How's everything in your neck of the woods? We are living the dream, my friend. We're slowly getting back opened up here, at least in the Kansas area. What about in California? You guys at least slowly reopening after COVID? Well, yeah, slowly. Uh, there's a, a lot of hostility that's being developed right now amongst businesses and uh, towards the government, of course, of uh, California. And a lot of uh, friendly faces uh, looking at new California saying, 
to it. You must be the answer to this tyranny that we've all been suffering. And of course, we've been working really, really hard in New California, traveling up and down the state, reassuring people that there is a better way and you can do it with New California state, a state from a pre-existing state. So um, we are absolutely starting to bust right now, big time in New California. Really good. I wanted to ask on the update with that. I mean, where are you at and is it still moving forward in uh, a decent progress? Very good progress. Um, we have just completed our 25th Citizens Committee um, that's part of our legislature. So our Senate and our Assembly members have been jointly holding uh, committee hearings all throughout the state. And uh, we've been the first four committee hearings uh, were about election integrity. And we yielded from that hearing. We yielded a lot of information that we're using in a lawsuit with Gavin Newsom against Gavin Newsom and against Alex Padilla. And our lawsuit is moving very, very well through the court system. And uh, we intend to, we're very serious, obviously, because what happened was that we caught the dictator being a dictator by ordering 22 million mail-in ballots. Well, all these mail-in ballots that he ordered was illegal, unconstitutional, because he was acting under his, quote, executive authority. And when he did so, uh, he had them made, I think, in China. They came back and they were very flawed ballots. All the ballots left off statutory language. So the statutory language says that you cannot cast nor count um, any of these ballots if the stat, stat, two statutory uh, quotes were not on the ballot. Well, the statutory quotes aren't on the ballot. Sure. So 22 million ballots need to be tossed out because they're not legal. Um, that it says very clearly in the statute that you get those uh, articles, that information is not there. You cannot cast or count the ballot. So that's what's at stake right now. We've actually asked the court to um, decertify the 55 electoral votes for California, which would certainly drop Mr. Biden's numbers down dramatically with when this happens. Very interesting. Now, Gavin Newsom, he's in a bit of heat already anyways. I mean, the recall process is going forward, isn't it? Where are we at with that recall against uh, the governor? Well, it's an interesting situation. Uh, People went out and they signed the recall petition. 2.2 million people did. We really urged uh, people to be cautious about signing the recall because we were very fearful that signatures and names and so on would be utilized against them at some future date. So uh, they needed 1.5 million. It looks like they got well over that number, actually. And now all of a sudden there's pushback by the Democrats and by Gavin Newsom's people where they want to throw some of the signatures out or they're appealing to the people to uh, remove their signatures uh, from, from, the pro- from the proposition, which is really interesting. Um, and uh, they've got a campaign that they've started up. And then also the state legislature, in support of Gavin Newsom, has uh, passed a law, or they're right in the middle of passing a law, that will uh, out all the people who signed on the on the, the proposition or for the proposition to recall, out their names and make them all public. And, of course, that is just beyond the pale. It's uh, very Hitlerian, actually. But that's what this legislature is trying to do to help him along, to keep him in power. Wow. Oh, it's crazy. Isn't it's, that amazing? Yeah, it is. It's amazing private time. confidential information. There's 2 million people. But, you know, we're, we're pleased that the recall is happening. I think it's going to happen, or it should happen. But here's the problem. 
because of the way it's configured in California and his dictatorial powers, he has full authority over the election. So he can pick and choose when an election is going to happen. Well, of course. And, uh, we, yeah, exactly. you would do the same. Any, any dictator would do this. I'm not saying you're a dictator, but you know, if you're in that position, then why should I have an election right. to vote me out? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, they have full control of this. Even when you try to go through the process to clean the system up, the system still tries to, I guess, essentially own them. So let's talk about the election, whether it's a recall election or whether it's the next governor's election that's a regular cycle type of thing. The big news hit just a few days ago, a week ago, that there's a potential candidate out there floating around of a Caitlyn Jenner. I mean, is that where we're at in California now? <laughs> no, that's uh, that's not going to happen. Uh, uh, Caitlyn Jenner needs publicity, and I think that everybody says it's dead on arrival for her. Wow. The person that we're really looking at is Rick Grinnell. Okay. And remember, he's the former ambassador to Germany for Donald Trump. Uh, he also worked, I believe, for uh, Obama for a while. But he's uh, he's looks he's a very very viable candidate to step in and become. I wouldn't call them the interim. Um, governor of california because there's going to be a transition from old california to new california that's uh, to me it's very obvious that we're going to be right in the position where statehood is going to happen for new california probably within at least the process i'm looking now less than six months to get through the state process and then another year maybe maybe in the congress so you think it actually could happen with this new state within you said six months this could happen Six months within the California, yeah, it's a process of Article 4, Section 3 of the Constitution. And the first part of that process is that you have to get the permission of the the state legislature concerned. So the legislature has to give its permission by way of a very simple thing, just a simple resolution on a voice vote. Uh, it's a very low bar, and the Founding Fathers wanted it to be a low bar so that the citizens can make their own judgment about their, their own government. Because remember, we are, we the citizens, you know, we are the government, that the government is not, you know, ours, we are, they are our servants, we are not theirs, and the Founding Fathers wanted that to be known. So the simple resolution is what we're going to get, and we believe that it's very clear as of the last several days of with the events that are happening, that probably within six months we'll get that permission from the state. They, they need the money um, that we'll bring in terms of a new economy. They're desperate. It isn't, you know, California is a failed, dead state. It yeah. it doesn't service uh, the people. The schools are closed. They've been closed for over a year. He's reopening for a few weeks. He doesn't have the money to do that. And then he's promising maybe to open up schools in the fall. Well, he doesn't have money for that either. And, um, and, and in other words, the state of California is that broke that they can't reach in and protect their children. Uh, from crime, they can't protect their children from, or protect anybody sure. from the invasion at the border right now. And of course, they are providing a Republican form of government. So um, we're prepared to do all those things, and we're well on our way to becoming a state. It's pretty obvious to me. Wow, it's fascinating. Well, I mean, you get to that point after you squeeze out as much possible tax money as you can from individuals to where they just can't sustain any longer when you have even the rich not wanting to be in the state anymore when industry's leaving. I mean, the dairy industry, I, here in the state of Kansas at least, uh, I remember just a few years back during a Republican governorship here in Kansas, we had the dairy industry pretty much leave California and come here to Kansas. We had Prius right. with the Elon Musk that just said, I'm out during the COVID stuff and moved down to
down to Texas. I mean, industry's not wanting to do it. Individuals can't deal with it any longer. And when you're citing people for backyard grills because it's uh, a violation of air smells or air uh, advisories or whatever yeah. they want to call it, and they're taxing, I mean, you know you've kind of hit the peak of you kind of tapped out on all your tax resources. That's right, and that's exactly what's happened here. Uh, people, it is, this is truly taxation without representation. You know, and I tell people uh, that looking at California, you're still collecting your taxes. Today's tax day, and yeah. they're still collecting your taxes, and you're, it, it, what are you getting for it? You don't get schools. You don't get safety. You get high crime. You get all the things you, you think that you're paying for, you're not getting. Um, and most of that money is all, as we've seen, has been fraudulently sent overseas to China. This is, you know, on my radio show this morning, I made the analogy that, you know, in 2013 and 14, there was a great money laundering scheme that was going from the U.S. government treasury into Ukraine, into Cyprus, and into Latvia. There was a money laundering scheme. Mm. And who was taking care of that? Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. Shocker. And what was going on is that that money was being laundered into Cyprus and then laundered over to Latvia, and then they would give out real estate loans that had no payments back to them. And that's how the system was working. Well, California has been doing the same thing for years with their EDD, their their Employment Development Department, and now they've been caught. An audit just recently found, an audit by the state auditor, showed that California had $31 billion being sent to China through a Good money laundering God. scheme similar to the Ukraine. Good golly. Let's hold that thought. Let's come back when we, uh, let's take a break here. Paul Preston, founder, president, movement for a new California state, also Agenda 21 Radio. We'll continue this conversation about the state of California when we come back here on The Voice no Reason. Voice Stay here. Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back, and we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online. Helping you defend and preserve this great republic.
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Shows go by way too fast, so we'll try and cram as much as we possibly can into the program here. More entertaining than watching Joe Biden try to walk up a flight of stairs. <laughs> it's getting old, though, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Welcome back in uh, radio and TV. Plus, we have the live stream and podcasting thereafter as well. All of it on the website at HoosierReason.com. Make sure you go and check that out. You can find this guy at... The website, NewCaliforniaState.com, as he is the founder, president of the Movement for a New California State, also a host of Red Talk Radio's Agenda 21 Radio, Paul Preston. Paul, let's talk about the state of California and the population in there. Are there still, I mean, obviously it seems like, I mean, with you leading the charge with, with a lot of this, with many people that are fighting the good fight in California, is there still enough conservative, rational, reasonable, commonsensical individuals in California to make a change, or is it just so far gone that it's kind of banging your head against the wall? Well, um, what's happened is that uh, thanks to Donald Trump, and I know he so-called lost the election, they say that he did not lose the election. And again, because of our lawsuit, we have access to all these people who count the numbers and stuff. And it's very, very clear he won the election. So this morning when I woke up, he's still my president. I know he's going to say the same thing tomorrow when, he wake, when I wake up, he's my president. Um, it's very, very clear that out here in California that we have been suppressed for years because of a illegal election system run by Dominion and all these other software companies that, that have latched onto them. This has been a 20-year uh, cycle for us where we have constantly been losing and losing and losing as conservatives to the point, you know, everybody's been sort of beat down and just accepts the elections the way they are and all that. And of course, we hear it from the mainstream media all the time in California that it's a blue state, it's a blue state, then of course, in the legislature being all blue. The reality check is, is that California is a very strong red state. And I can say that, that I've been to all 58 counties. I've spoken in almost every county. In fact, I'll be out speaking in another hour. Um, and this is not a blue state. That is so misleading. And in fact, when we ran our numbers, now these are the numbers that we look at based upon the ballots and so on and the known numbers. We showed that California, listen to this, uh, went for Trump with 15 million votes versus Biden's 4 million. Now, that, and, and again, it's the same thing. Every time we had a Trump rally or something, it was packed. If you had something for Biden, no one ever showed up. That's why he never came to California, because no one would show up. So the information, we believe, that's coming from our lawsuit and also from Sidney Powell's. By the way, Sidney Powell is going to be out at our 8th Constitutional Convention here in California on the 26th, 27th, and 28th of May. Uh, she will be joined with Joe Arpaio. He's joining the team now for New California. And we got a whole bunch of people that are starting to clamor on 
uh, to become part of the new uh, new new California state movement. And we really welcome Sydney Powell. And of course, Candace Owens has been here. Uh, she supports New California, and also so does Dinesh Souza and Mike Huckabee. He was out here um, supporting New California. So uh, we got a, a whole bunch of people that are starting to really say New California is happening. Uh, we see it happening, and it's a strong conservative state. And that, uh, this is the one great thing I think that's happened is that we've all been exposed now to dominion and to this whole systematic um, election fraud that's under the, un, you know, just really unfurled itself right before our eyes. We have to correct that before we can move on as a country. Yeah. And that's exactly what we're committed to do with our lawsuit and also through election integrity process. And we're recalling all the uh, county clerk reporters in the state of California, by the way. We are absolutely recalling them. There's a movement afoot now, and uh, we're going to clean house. And county supervisors, anybody who had a hand in this whole fraud of uh, closing down businesses, our churches, and so on, that worked with Gavin Newsom, they're on notice. They're going to be recalled. And the movement is getting stronger every single day. The movement's growing in the state of California. I think overall, nationwide, people are getting frustrated with the way things are, and things are going to start changing here soon. But you guys are really leading the charge with that. So good luck with it. It's Paul Preston, founder, president, the movement for a new California state, also with Red State Radio's Agenda 21. Paul, we appreciate the time. As always, my friend, good luck with the movement as you guys continue it on. We'll get you back on here again real soon. Awesome. Thank you very much, sir. Hey, always good to talk to you, my friend. We'll do it again here real soon. Until then, that does it for us today. Podcast going up in a little bit. It's always good to chat with you. Until then, time for you to speak some reason. Time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We're back at it tomorrow to wrap up your week. Can you believe it's almost over already? Tomorrow, we'll cover Supreme Court expansion. We'll cover reparations that they're trying to push again along with other things we'll have some fun as well to try and have a little bit light-hearted friday as well but until then podcast up here i'm andy hoosier everybody have a great thursday afternoon hey it's andy hoosier while you listen to the delightful broadcast of the voice of reason don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites whether you're using facebook youtube twitter minds.com or instagram we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.